and we talk cabinet reshuffle, which we're told will happen within a matter of days. How many days? Two days? Four days? Fourteen days? Forty-four days? Fifty-four days? We don't know. Sandy Deswana is a political analyst and governance expert who joins us now on the telephone from the Gauteng area. Sandile, good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. What's your understanding or what's your theory as to why it has taken so long and we still don't have the names of new or changed cabinet ministers? One of the principal reasons uh, that would impact on how this decision gets made is that the allies of Ramaphosa, who recruited him back from resignation and dropped him up on the presidential chair and formed a bodyguard around him, a political bodyguard around him, who both themselves and him want to be sure that their positions are secured. The second group that would want a stake in the matter and that has to be consulted and consoled in, in a number of ways would be South African Communist Party as well as the uh, COSATO. Uh, they would want their stake in how this cabinet is reconfigured. As you know, that Ramaphosa could not even attend the Congress of COSATO and he had been booed in some of the gatherings of COSATO, etc., etc. And, and Mapaila, of the Secretary General of the uh, SACP, had opened fire on Ramaphosa and his crew. So, so he had to, to sort of, because he's in a very weak position, consolidate that. Over and above that, he has also to consult people outside the ANC, especially the many billionaires and huge corporations that run South Africa in one capacity or another to make sure that somehow they also have a stake in this matter. Yeah, that's, I, I'm still not persuaded that all of that needs to take that long. I mean, it... Ayanda Lordlu left her cabinet post to go and join the World Bank several months ago. The minute Fikile Mbalulu was elected Secretary General of the ANC, it became obvious that he would have to, at some point, vacate the Ministry of Transport, the cabinet post that he occupies. So there were, it, it appears that Soran Poza only started um, consulting with Kasatu and the South African Communist Party over uh, the weekend just passed. So there were a couple of months where he seems to have done nothing but twiddle his thumbs. Yeah, I I don't know whether he needed to to add with any particular speed, and and I will explain this. Yeah. For instance, with the Ayanda Zozo, uh, he just took the whole function. Because it's a function, ultimately. You want, to call, you want to see a physical minister or whatever. He took the function and centralized it inside the super presidency. So that obviated the need to be rushing around looking for a minister of security. So the, the, I, the, there's nothing. He's neutralized that thing. He's taken it over and mocked it into the presidency. Um, then you, you want to talk about Mbalula. Those elections have taken place, but... And that brings us to the core of my thesis about this. If the cabinet reshuffle happens, and my understanding and my experience of what I've seen uh, since the departure of Mbeki from the president at least, 
is that when you talk about a reshuffle, you take the same old deck of cards and you reshuffle. So for you and me, what are we going to get in terms of performance out of this? Even the people who are being brought in, who are being sewn in, they are taken from the old bag of non-performance. I analyze uh, when uh, uh, Park Dao, as an example, was being taken from central government back to the province of Gauteng. I sat down and I studied his track record and compared it to, Ma- to Makura because Makura was the head of the province at the same time Park Dao was the head of Gauteng, Johannesburg itself. And I found the p- performance was dismal. And Barbara Chrissy wrote a report about that. It was dismal. So when they finish changing the cabinet, the only main thing that will come out of it is that at least Sir Ramaphosa will have managed to secure his own position to a degree. Not secure... Yeah, but you see, I mean, it, it, it's interesting what you're saying, Sandile, because the sort of... Uh, the consensus, the general view, seems to be that he's in a relatively strong position, that he pretty much got the top six, well, now top seven slate that he wanted at NASREC, and that the NEC is very much behind him rather than behind what one might call the other faction of the ANC. So that he's he's never, in, in the time that he has been in the presidency, which is now uh, very nearly uh, six years, seven years, he, he's not been stronger, and yet you're saying he's very vulnerable, he's very weak. Um, I don't know how people read these things. I, I think we've been sold a lot of fiction around Ramaphosa, very sadly so. Which president actually made a statement in the podium surrounded by security, protected by security? At NASREC, for him to make a statement, there was a ring of security protecting him. In Parliament itself, very recently, a physical ring of security men had to stand there to protect him in order to make a statement. And they said, this man is very strong. But that, that, I mean, that, that, was, that was the EFF, um, and the EFF have no role to play in the cabinet decisions he might make. No, no. So it was not the EFF that chased him away from Kosato rally. He did not But it was the EFF that caused security police to enter parliament during the State of Nation address. No, uh, uh, we, we need to build the argument. The argument must build up. We can't keep going back. I have said to you that Kosato on its own, he could not go and address Kosato on its own. In the Congress, he could not go there. He sent a, he sent Kwede Mandase, and it was difficult for Kwede Mandase to do anything there. EFF was not there. EFF was not there. Tabombe delivered and delivered without being protected by anyone. He didn't need uh, to do, I mean, you say that the, the, the same NEC removed Tabombe from office. They removed him, they kicked him out. But he delivered. So, the issue that Ramaphosa was hampered by Esmach Ashula from delivering uh, 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 by RET forces and that, the man is impotent. The man should never have been president of this country. He doesn't have the aptitude to be the president. He doesn't have the courage. He doesn't have the moral backbone to lead this country to anywhere. And that is what we have to admit. 
Just as a matter of interest, before, sorry, Sunday, to interrupt, but we're running out of time. Just before I say thank you and goodbye, is there anybody in the ANC that you think has the, the, the fiber, the backbone, the, the courage that you say Ramaphosa doesn't have? The, the person who has the caliber would be Pumzilem Lambono. Okay. That's it. That's the only person in the ANC who you think has what it takes to be the president of this country this right time now, in history. Right now, obviously, there may be many who are hidden. Yeah. But if you wanted to say what would be the standard, the standard would be Umzilem Lamboni. It's been really interesting listening to you. Thank you very, very much indeed. Lots, to, lots to think about. Sandy Leswana is a political analyst and governance expert.